National Sunday Day. But it's Monday. No. Sunday like the ice cream. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So this one, I don't know why, sparked my curiosity. So I did a little research on this one. (laughs) So Mm nationaldays.com, right? Mm -hmm. They have like a four-page dissertation about what Sunday Day means. (laughs) Uh, So I've tried to condense it to make sure our listener doesn't fall asleep on the way to work. (laughs) Hi, Jay. (laughs) Um, So, while the oldest known record of an ice cream sundae is in Ithaca, New York, which is our way, New York advertisement, the originator of the dessert, is still debated. The October 5th, 1892. 1892. Wow. Yeah. Um... The October 5th, 1892 ad in the Ithaca Daily Journal spelled the ice cream treat with the conventional day of the week spelling, Sunday, like the day. Mm-hmm. However, Two Rivers, Wisconsin claims druggist Edward Burner served the first ice cream Sunday in 1881. So there's like a huge debate about <laughs> huge debate. who started the Sunday. I'm serious. There's like a four-page dissertation really? on who created the Sunday. Huh. Yeah. Who invented the Sunday. So that's it. I mean, I could go on and on, but <laughs> something about the advertisement included a cherry on its Sunday and chocolate syrup and what's a Sunday. And there's just, I don't know. There's, hmm. yeah. That is interesting. So happy <laughs> Sunday day. <laughs> happy Sunday. Well, day. I found it kind of cool that Monday, um, <laughs> you know, the whole Ithaca, New York thing. Yeah. Because I had no idea yeah. that was a thing. Yep. You got any, anything fun? Um, that reminds me Top of... Top that shit. Of when I... <laughs> <laughs> when I realized, or I learned that Romex was originally from Rome, New York. Mm, I don't think I ever knew that. No. People are probably like, what the fuck is Romex? (laughs) Would you like to share what Romex is? No one cares. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a type of wire, basically. (laughs) I do have something to talk about. Okay. That's a little bit interesting. Kind of crazy. Is it better than my interesting, though? Probably not. No, probably not. (laughs) Just kidding. So this is about Jean-Claude Romand who was a French man. Well, he's still alive, actually. He is? Yes. He claimed that he passed his second-year medical examination that he didn't even take. So he spent the next 18 years fooling his family and friends that thought he was a medical professional. He would leave the house and wander the streets... Oh, so he wouldn't actually see patients. He just led the I, life of a doctor without I, patients. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it says that occasionally he would go um, spend a few days in a hotel room 
by the local airport and he'd read like medical journals that he would say he was going away for business for like uh medical conventions and uh-huh. stuff like that um god it, there is a lot of effort yeah it's total insanity so he i guess his wife had money he lived off of her money and yeah how did he explain that he i guess he borrowed money from relatives who thought he was investing it and wow what a slimester yeah so then it goes on to say on january 9th 1993 he withdrew 2000 francs and borrowed a 22 millimeter rifle from his father uh he purchased a suppressor i think that's a silencer uh-huh um and gas canisters and asked them to be gift wrapped that night, he beat his wife to death on the couple's bed with a rolling pin. He left what? her body. <laughs> he left her body until the morning, sleeping as normal. The next morning, he woke up, woke his children, had breakfast, watched cartoons. He put them to bed that night, and once they had fallen asleep, shot them both in the head. Oh my God! I can't even. Uh, it gets it gets better. <gasps> um, after these killings, the only people he who could expose him were his parents and ex-mistress. So he kept going? Yeah. So the next morning he traveled to his parents' home. Um, He joined them for a meal. Immediately after, shot them both repeatedly and killed the family dog. Uh, Then it says, that night he picked up his ex-mistress, telling her that they were invited to a dinner at the health minister's residence. Um... Pretending they were lost, he made her exit the car. As she did, he attempted to strangle her with a cord and sprayed tear gas into her face. That is awful. I guess she fought him off. Um, He apologized (laughs) and drove her back home after making the promise to never tell anyone about his attempt to murder her. Wait, so she lived? Yeah, yeah. So then it says he, I guess he went back, he went home. Um, set his house on fire and took pills that was like supposed to appear to be an overdose but they were saying that it was a fake intended suicide um, I guess that's how he got caught so the the wait so the ex-mistress really never said anything? I don't well I think he went home and, and set his house on fire tried to kill himself or supposedly tried to kill himself and they came and put out the fire, and that's when they took him into custody. Yeah, but how did they know to take him into custody? Well, you probably don't know that. We just learned about this story. Yeah. So this guy's still alive? So, yes. And it says that he was granted... So he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for uh-huh. 22 years. But he became eligible for parole in 2015, and was granted parole in 2019. So I Wait, guess, so he's out? I guess he's out. He killed his entire family, including his children, mm-hmm. and he is now out. Madness. Where's that from? Uh, What's the website? This is from Wikipedia. Oh, so, okay. So. Well... <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's got to be accurate. <laughs> Maybe you should have started with that so I think we need to do a little more research yeah. follow up with that one it's an interesting story though 
They do. If it's true. Yeah. They do have some links to uh, some documentaries, I guess, on... I, you know, I was going to say that. Like, I can't believe that there's not a documentary about this with all the true crime stuff that's out there. Yeah. I, yeah. All I, right. Sorry, go ahead. Let's play a song. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So uh, we're going to play some Fatal Curse. Awesome. We haven't uh, heard them in a while. We, we haven't, but we're going to. Yep. So Friday, the 15th at the Bug Jar, they're going to be playing with Dead Rider, Gates of Paradox, and Iron Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So that's a sucky day for us. That's our moving day, yeah. but we're going to try really hard to make it out because we've actually really been looking forward to this show. Yep, for but, a long time. Um, it's also moving day, so yeah. we'll see. Anyways, uh, right out of Moravia, New York, we're going to play you some Blade in the Dark. And then after that, we're going to hear Paladin with Awakening. Yeah. 
I like your air drums at the end there. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> we got to see Paladin uh, Saturday the 2nd at the montage. Yep. With Torture Room, Vertigo Freeway, and Fury, and Alagon. Mm-hmm. And it was a really fun show. It was. Um, and the lovely folks in North Carolina mm-hmm. and all over the place get to see Paladin mm-hmm. at a really cool festival. Mm-hmm. Happening this coming weekend, 15th, 16th, and 17th. Yep. Filled with power metal, heavy metal, thrash metal to three-day fest Mm -hmm. called Rapid Fire Fest. And we're actually going to talk to Tony Pimento, a.k.a. Commissioner T-Iron from Iron-Blooded Promotion, about the third year of Rapid Fire Fest. We wish we had known about it a little sooner because we definitely would make it down. The lineup is yeah. phenomenal. We're very jealous that we can't yeah. make it. But Durr's going. Uh, yeah. Durr Commissar. Yeah, so he's going to go scope it out for us, yeah. get all the inside deets, so when we go next year, yeah. we'll be plugged. I'm jealous that he's he's going to be going. Yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Um, so all the songs that we're going to play are from bands that are going to be playing the Rapid Fire Fest Mm -hmm. uh, for the rest of the episode. So we're going to start with Voltage, and we're going to play Speed Demon. After that, we're going to hear Children of the Reptile with Gravemaster. Awesome. And then we're going to go into Throne of Iron with Xanathar.
This is Dirty D and Dolly Spotswood from Voltage. We're going to be playing at the Milestone Club uh, November 15th, 16th, and 17th for the Rapid Fire Show. And uh, we made a video that was pretty violent, pretty uh, pretty out there, said, said a lot of things. And uh, I just wanted to let Commissioner T. Iron know that we were serious about burning the place down. We got some pyrotechnics coming, and, uh, and uh, I hope uh, everybody enjoys the great white experience at the Milestone Club. Uh, November 15th, 16th, and 17th. I, it's going to be a good show, especially the fire. It's the gonna, fire is going to be really good. It's going to be lit. Uh, we're, we're coming in, and we're going to burn this place down, and we're going to show Commissioner T-Iron who the real, true heavy metal champions are, and that's Voltage. So you better bring it, T-Pain, because we're coming for you on November 16th. <laughs> yep, and once again, real fire there. Uh, he doesn't know about it yet, but some real fire. We're, we're going to see you there. Hope to see you. Bye.
Hey, Tony. We are chatting with you today about a really cool festival happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, Rapid Fire Fest. Yep. So next year, you have to give us a couple months so we can do better with this. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I had a lot of stuff going on that just kind of got in the way. Um, personal stuff, work stuff, etc. that just kind of didn't let me promote it as far out as I would have liked. But, you know, better late than never. We're doing a good job. Members oh, yeah. are looking good. People are getting excited. Uh, bands are excited. And that's all that really matters. So we're going to have a good time this year, too. But, uh, yeah, next year for sure. You know you know about it now. And next year, uh, hopefully we can start a little earlier and, and uh, we'll get be there. more people involved. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there. Oh, yeah, that's what I like to hear. That'd For sure. Yeah. yeah, this you, all of this music is like right up um, both of our alleys. Power, thrash, mm-hmm. we love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Um, so give us a little background on how Rapid Fire started. Uh, so uh, a few years ago at a show, I was talking with Corey from Nemesis. And Lawrence from uh, Written in Gray. Mm-hmm. And we are both like, oh, it'd be cool to get this band through here. I don't remember which band it was. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Or what if we like made a big fest where all of our friends' bands played and we just had some bigger headliners come through? So it's kind of like a very DIY pay-to-play fest. Where it, but instead of like, that's a terrible thing to compare it to, I know. But like, instead of like saying like everybody's got to sell this many tickets or whatever, it's more just like a hey, we have to line up to bring somebody down, and we can all pay each other, and it'll all be a good time at the end of the night. We can make sure everybody parties and has a great time, and uh, all of our friends' bands can come in town and hang out. Uh, and we didn't actually end up getting that band at all. In fact, we kept it almost entirely local the first year, uh, 2017. Uh, so the headliners were Suppressive Fire from Raleigh. Uh, and we had All Hell, we had Never Fall, Nemesis, Written in Grey, a uh, ton of other local and regional thrash bands. Uh, and I was a little, uh, I, I used my ability to uh, bring in Children of the Reptile from Bloomington because I wanted people to get to know that band as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've kept doing it every year. We expanded to more than one day after that and just kept adding bands and rotating bands in and out. You know, it thinks we can't have the same bands every year, of course, but, you know, we do what we can. Yeah. And we have fun every year. That's awesome. That's a three-day fest this year, right? It is, yeah. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, November 15th, 16th, and 17th. That's awesome. We were looking at the lineup. It looks it looks amazing. Very jealous. Yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked about it. It just kind of fell into my lap that way. I, you know, I just started to my friend's bands, and then I was like, well, what about this band? So I hit up a friend, and they were like, yeah, my band would love to play that. That'd be really cool. Uh, and I just have a lot of really cool friends with a lot of really good bands. So it ended up with a really powerful lineup. Yeah. We just saw uh, Paladin on Saturday night. Paladin are really good boys. I, I'm I'm really in love with them musically. And uh, they're really tight friends of ours. Uh, Alex and I go way back. Uh, so it's really fun to see Alex yeah. uh, blowing up with Paladin and Taylor and everybody else in the band. They're so good. Oh, they were so good live. Oh, yeah. I came home after the show that night and put my guitars in a pile and just lit them on fire and burned them. Decided (laughs) that I was... Yeah, that's kind of what you have to do. I was never to play again. (laughs) (laughs) Just switch switch the bass. It'll it'll be okay. I'm going to stick to the triangle, I think. 
<laughs> the triangle. That's solid. <laughs> not not really a market. Uh, I mean, there's not really like people in that market. No, you know? no. There's a calling for it. All you. <laughs> Um, and pave your own, right. uh, forge your own path. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your history with uh, Iron Blooded Promotion? Uh, Iron Blooded Promotion started like as an effort to be able to book shows independently. Uh-huh. Uh, my old band, Avalon Steel, uh, I would book a lot of shows for that. But sometimes bands would come through that we just didn't fit with. Maybe a death metal band or a black metal band or particularly a feisty thrash metal band. And Avalon Steel being a traditional heavy metal band. Uh, it wouldn't always fit, so I tried to book the show, but it was difficult to promote it because, like, I was only able to promote it from my own personal Facebook page and put up flyers. Yeah. So I started Iron Blooded Promotion. I stole the name from uh, a Gundam series that was airing at the at the time. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Promote. Uh, Iron. I've also said my own promotion page. Iron Blooded <laughs> Orphans. Uh, I thought it was a cool name, so Iron Blooded Promotion. Uh, and my first show is April 1st, 2017. Uh, let's see if I can find that lineup right quick. I know it was Death of Kings and Axe Attack. Oh, cool. And I think Old Scratch was on it as well. I was playing with Old Scratch back then. Or no, I was filling in on that date. Let's see. I should be able to find it. Uh, Death of Kings, Axe Attack, uh, Old Scratch, and Crusade. Oh, cool. April 1st, 2017. That was my very first show as Iron Blooded Promotion. And it just allowed me to kind of promote shows uh, along some parallel to uh, Avalon Steel. Um, and I was able to build up a little bit of a name in the region with Iron Blooded Promotion. So mm-hmm. a lot of my friends know to hit up the Iron Blooded page or to send their friends to that instead of like to my personal profile. Yeah. Which is really nice to be able to separate those things. Yep, absolutely. And you said you started that in 2017. Yeah, my first show is April 1st, 2017. Uh, I've been booking shows since probably 2014, maybe 2015. Uh, playing in bands since 2012. So it's just a logical progression for me, really. And there was kind of a hole in the Charlotte region. Like, everybody's bands was doing good booking shows and stuff and bringing cool bands through, but there was no independent promoters who were just making shows happen yeah. for the bands. So I was able to kind of fill in that gap for old-school heavy metal, thrash, black, and death metal. Do you, in Charlotte, is there a lot of venues that will support the metal scene? Absolutely. Uh, We've lost a handful. You know, we've lost Tremont. That was probably the, that's where I cut my teeth learning how to promote. Uh, We lost Chop Shop. I was never able to book a show there. Uh, The Rue booked a couple shows there. Very tiny hole in the wall. Very nice. Very fun. Uh, Well, and very DIY. So Mm -hmm. not everybody's cup of tea, I'm sure. Um, And currently I work with the Milestone Club. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm an employee there. I work door and I bartend there. Uh, and obviously, I book a ton of my shows there. We have Skylark Social Club uh, over in Plaza Midwood as well, and they throw on a lot of stuff. Uh, I feel like they lean a little more in the hardcore scene, but they definitely have some good metal shows come through there as well. Uh, we don't work together as often. But, you know, a little bit of a break from booking shows lately. Uh, once I get back into it or maybe get my own bands up and running again, I'd be super happy to work with them again because I'd like to work with everyone in the scene. Uh, we have Seth Snug Harbor uh, who will book the odd metal show here and there. And everybody in the scene like knows each other for the most part, like works together well and they might not all book heavy metal shows but like they're friendly, you know. It's not like a, they dislike it or hate it or think it's gross. It's just they understand their venue isn't for that, you know. Yeah. 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 
we want every venue to to welcome metal but at the end of the day they have to pay their bills i guess yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they may not be in a good neighborhood for it or right. might be too loud or like they're they're they may have a built-in audience who just comes to their shows yeah and if they suddenly change the expectations for that they could lose their built-in audience that's true yeah um so yeah there's there's some great venues that do that and i totally get it uh and if i uh ever started bringing a little bit bigger bands uh there's a couple venues as well that would be nice to work with like visualite uh, i'd really like to work with them at some point in the future but they are a bigger venue mm-hmm. they have bigger costs mm-hmm. so you actually got to bring your a game and bring some uh, make sure you're pulling well before you jump in jump in a bigger venue like that mm-hmm. A lot of people misunderstand, like, they think that bigger venues don't want to work with small bands, but in reality, it's just a it's just a cost thing at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So, you're a musician yourself, right? Yes. You play bass, and I believe I saw you do vocals, right? Yeah, uh, I was classically trained in college, and I picked up bass in probably 2014. Oh, that's cool. So, you, like, went to college for music. I just got a minor in it. Uh, I learned software development stuff in college, but uh, music kind of became a huge part of my life in college. And I've stuck with it ever since. And uh, I sang in Avalon Steel and eventually switched playing bass and singing in Avalon Steel. And I've done backup vocals in bands and usually just play bass. But uh, I should have something coming along soon that is just me on vocals, maybe playing bass as well. Cool. We're excited to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I'd like to get something going. <laughs> Life, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Let's break for a few minutes and play a couple more bands from the Rapid Fire Fest. Sounds good. So first we're going to hear Stunner with Into the Night. And then we're going to go into Axe Attack with Feasting on Violence.
What's up, Grim Dystopian? This is Dan from Stunner. We're playing Rapid Fire Fest in Charlotte, North Carolina next weekend, November 16th, with a ton of other great bands. Really excited to do it. Wanted to send a little message out to Commissioner T. Iron, who puts on Rapid Fire Festival. Uh, just let him know that you're not safe. You're not going to be okay. He sent a lot of threats out to the band, uh, which is ironic considering he basically lives uh, a very... Uh, lives a sort of a lifestyle of a, a, a slothful person and uh, essentially never leaves his gigantic bean bag. Uh, when we were uh, in Charlotte the last time we were trying to find a place to stay in his uh, really, uh, we'll say humble apartment and uh, we couldn't we couldn't sleep anywhere. We had to sleep on the floor because everything was covered in his expensive collection of obscure Daniel Steele novels seems like a really weird fandom to be a part of.
So you were kind of handed off to us um, by our lovely Stormy Storms, who we love. Yes. So how did you guys connect? Because you're obviously all the way in Charlotte and she's all the way in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have mutual friends through Stunner, who's also playing Rapid Fire this year. And uh, I'm, if you're friends with uh, Daniel Shack or Peter Appleby, you'll know they're just belligerently stupid on Facebook. Uh, and <laughs> I myself, I'm also, I also enjoy being belligerently stupid on Facebook. Uh, and so there was a couple other folks I noticed that frequently interact with them, uh, Dinosaur and Stormy. So I've never actually met Stormy in person. Uh, but I am going to in a couple of weeks, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and we just kind of hooked up through Facebook, through mutual friends, and uh, we ch- we've chatted a little bit. We've become buds. Uh, we're very, very stoked to rage together at Rapid Fire Weekend. She is so fun. We're actually going to see her tonight at Carnivore AD, and she is so fun to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, she's like a bright sure. light. Mm-hmm. She's she's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You'll have a lot <laughs> of fun. We need more of those. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you want to cover or talk about? You want to talk about some of your uh, past projects or? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've got a couple things that I've tried in the past. that just never that kind of fizzled out, but I hope that they can come back at some point. Like a friend of mine, are working on a German style power speed metal band, like early blind guardian, early Halloween, uh, just that very, like early, early mid running wild, not first two albums running wild, but like, three through five maybe mm-hmm. yeah uh running wild just very guitar driven lots of tremolo picking lots of riffs um kind of uh heroic fantasy style uh lyrical storytelling etc through fate's victim uh, hopefully that'll work we can get back on the ball for that i've got a lot of my life stuff kind of sorted out and scheduled so that i can actually work on things again which is really exciting uh, not much is going to be happening before uh, Rapid Fire, of course. Uh, running a festival does take a minute. Um, uh, I'm working on Exalted Plague with Roman from Zealotry. Uh, I do backing vocals for Zealotry, so if you hear big choral stuff in the background while you're listening to that band uh, and you like a very progressive death metal, I'll definitely recommend you check out oh, Zealotry. Cool. Uh, I do all the choir vocals for that. Uh, so I, I'm on one track on his second album and I'm on three tracks on the most recent album and Exalted Plague is kind of the result of that where he's written me a very good Epic Doom album and uh, I'm going to sing on it and we're working together on the lyrics for it now. That's awesome. Uh, And then I'm probably just going to get something stupid and ignorant speed metal wise uh, here at home. Just something easy, something fun. Just jump on a stage, and it doesn't matter if we suck. <laughs> we just have fun. Yeah, yeah, but you won't suck, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you say, like, it doesn't matter if we suck, but, like, it really matters if you suck. Like, we're not going to suck. Or we're right, going to try course. really hard not to suck. We might actually suck. I mean, that might end up being what happens. I hope that's not what happens. But, like, we're going in this to have a good time. We're not going in this to just be that big of idiots you know what i mean <laughs> yeah if you're having fun i'm sure you're not gonna suck if you're feeling it the crowd's gonna feel it too yeah. so well yeah it'd be helpful and like you know charlotte has a very good music scene uh whereas i focus on more traditional styles of metal and heavy power thrash black and death metal you know there's a lot of metal core that runs around in here and they do a great job with their scene a lot of hardcore, a lot of just indie stuff that I have no idea how to classify. I worked door at the Milestone 
uh, a lot and these bands come in and they're wearing goofy outfits that I'm envious of for sure a hundred percent and they play music I just can only describe as indie and it's always a good time a lot of folks come out so it's a very good time uh, there's and the other venues that I mentioned earlier they do really great uh, Thug in particular like is killing uh, the hip hop game from what I can see oh uh, that's the cool they actually had to cancel they had to cancel one event because it got too big for their venue. Wow. Yeah. So it sucks for that event, but like at the same time, like that's just indicative of the success that yeah. venue breeds uh, in almost everything they do. Uh, and they're run by really great people and they're friends of the milestone. So that's cool. And uh, if you if you're ever coming through Charlotte, like definitely hit up the milestone. It's the uh, old, currently it's the oldest punk club on the East Coast and around since 1969. The oldest one's still open, of course. Mm. Uh, and we're still going strong, and we're not planning on stopping anytime soon. That's cool. Yeah. So we, one of our best friends actually uh, moved to Charlotte, mm. um, like, maybe two years yeah. ago. Yeah. And He moved back there, right? He's Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, he was up here for a couple of years, yeah. and uh, we became very good friends with him, mm. and we would go to shows, like, every weekend here. Like, we... We have a really kick-ass metal scene in Rochester yeah. for how small we are. Yeah. And when he moved mm-hmm. to Charlotte, it was like a bit of an adjustment for him, mm-hmm. right? To go out to different venues and different people. And we did a whole episode of just North Carolina bands to prove to him that you guys do have a kick-ass scene down there. Uh, it's just yeah, not it's familiar not. to him. Like Charlotte? Yeah, so... Depending on what genre you're looking for, like Asheville, I know all hell, and uh, I know a few other bands, uh, but they kind of fall. You know how like every city has those like butt rock bands <laughs> that just like want to be ignorant rednecks and stupid and bad. No, we ha- we have no idea what you're talking about. Every city. <laughs> yeah, we have yeah, no idea. So what there's lots of those <laughs> all over North Carolina, so like we, we don't need to worry about those. <laughs> and that's the only thing I unfortunately know in Asheville besides all hell hmm. and Aether Realm. And I'm and those two bands alone are worth uh, everything Asheville does. Um, but you know, and there's the auditorium in Asheville, excellent venue. Uh, unfortunately, I'm just a little ignorant on Asheville. Uh, I'd love to be proven wrong, or I wouldn't say I'm proven wrong. Like I know for a fact there's great bands there. I just don't know who they are. And it's really difficult in North Carolina to find your way because I have friends in Raleigh or Wilmington who're like, yeah, there's no shows here. And I'm like, yo, you like old school heavy metal. There's something in the water in Raleigh and Wilmington. There's like a ton of bands in that style out there. Like you got Nightmare, Twisted Tower Dire, Children of the Reptile, all the bands on my fest really, Mega Colossus, Widow, uh, so many incredible bands out there. And if you don't know where to look, you can completely miss it. Um, you know, we, we make Facebook ads, we put flyers out, we do our best to get the word out, but there's only so much we can do. I mean, you know, Facebook is continuing to constrict around us uh, as far as reach goes without paying money yeah yeah uh, you know even with physical flyers like you put them where you think good foot traffic will be but if somebody like you know buys all the records through Bandcamp and doesn't go to your local record store or maybe they don't go to the house much or they only go to big festivals and they don't go to like local spots they'll never see your flyer right uh, so yeah I mean I wouldn't fault anybody for moving to Charlotte or anywhere in North Carolina uh, and not knowing what's going on locally. It's it's tough to get plugged in, yeah. and it's tough for us to find those people. But once we find them, usually we uh we can get them hooked up, and we can make sure they're having a good time. 
Yeah, we're going to try and see if we can get him to head your way because this is also right up his alley. Yeah. Like, he loves, like, all that power and thrash. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to yeah, send them to you. Friday night. Friday is the heavy and power night. Saturday's the thrash day. Well, with some heavy metal going in, Sunday's all thrash. Cool. That's awesome. We're yeah. jealous. Uh, yeah, send him yeah. out our way. Uh, we'll make sure, yeah, hit him, send him my way. Make sure I know who he is and uh, we'll, we'll make sure he gets hooked up and uh, plugged in and make some friends. I just found out there's another dude who lives in Charlotte who loves all the stuff I've been bringing for the last few years. Just didn't know I existed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot out. of people. Yeah, I think there's a lot of yeah, people yeah. out there that would appreciate it. It's just, like you said, it's kind of hard to get hooked into that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's very DIY. It's very underground. Mm-hmm. And I don't really plan on blowing up. Um, I would sell out if I could, of course. Like, who doesn't want some money? Well, of but, course. <laughs> but, like... DIY music, you know, and DIY communities, because a lot of people too, like, you know, and this is where pay to play starts hurting bands because, uh, pay to play promoters will bring big bands down for these big guarantee costs. And then they'll book a bunch of crappy locals, uh, referencing those butt rock bands I mentioned earlier, they just suck. And so people get this idea in their head. Oh, local music's bad. Yeah. Because people would rather just have guaranteed $500 worth of tickets off of four bad openers than actually, like, get involved in their local scene and find appropriate and fitting locals that can make that show a success without using pay-to-play. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I just came back from a festival in Atlanta, Mass Destruction Fest, or Mass Destruction Metal Fest. I run my good friends, uh, Amos and Cody. Uh, I helped work that with them. And... You know, they don't they don't do any of that pay to play stuff and they're able to consistently multiple times a month bring in big name bands and underground heavy metal. You know, they had Psy from Japan on their fest. This is the first time in twelve years Psy's been in the US. And oh, they were that's able to cool. do that without a pay to play scheme at all. Uh, all the bands were paid. Uh, everybody was paid for their time, uh, in a nice venue. It was all around great experience for everyone. So I don't really understand why pay to play is still a thing. I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I do understand. It's very easy. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, it's the honor of opening for Exodus. Mm-hmm. And then you throw 10 bands on the bill so you can pay Exodus their guarantee. Yeah. Yep. And then you don't pay anybody. So, uh, so people get this idea that local music is bad, right? And so then when they see a local show, they just assume it's the same kind of stuff. They don't assume that something good could be in their backyard or at a small venue. And so it's tough to change their minds without bringing big bands through. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of my friends' bands who are bigger, like when Paladin comes through next, I'm sure it'll bring, draw a much bigger crowd who will be introduced to a lot of bands uh, and be amazed that, holy crap, wow, this, all this stuff is right here in Charlotte yeah. and Raleigh and Atlanta, everywhere around here, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do our best. Uh, and if we can reach people... Great. If we can get people plugged in, great. But, you know, we're not miracle workers either. <laughs> we can only do so much. We can only spend so much money and so much of our time flyering and promoting and spreading the word before you just have to lean back and say, I've done what I can and hope for the best. And, well, based off of how Rapid Fire is looking right now, I, I feel very comfortable saying I've done what I can. There's more work to do in the next two weeks, but I'm, I'm super duper looking forward to Rapid Fire Weekend. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we definitely wish we could be there. Yep, next year. Yeah, we'll plan oh, for that, it. Oh, like I said, that's very okay. We only met each other, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago? <laughs> so, 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just stoked that y'all you're even taking the time to speak with me and help me promote the fest. And uh, of course, I'll share all y'all stuff on my page as well. You know, the normal. Um, yeah, I'm really stoked to be hooked up with y'all as well. I'm looking forward to following y'all in the future. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, next year should be. I've got I've got plans for next year, but uh, I'm making myself wait until rapid fire is over before I do anything. I have a couple friends. Uh, they're not like employees or anything because. It's DIY. I don't make any money. All the money I make just goes right back to the bands. Yeah. Uh, so I make, I lose money on everything I do. But uh, I have a couple friends who kind of help me with lineups and stuff. So after Rapid Fire is done, we're going to get together, maybe before we play D&D, and then uh, just figure out, like, what some goals for lineups. And then hopefully we can uh, get the art commission, get the flyer commission, get everything ready to go, and then, like, have a lineup announced earlier than two months out maybe three months out next year that's a goal right <laughs> little, little steps you know yeah well for now enjoy the next two weeks <laughs> right get through the fest be in the moment and worry mm-hmm. about all that other stuff afterwards that's all we can do isn't it yep yep all right so we are off to see stormy storms at carnivore ad we're really excited about so thank you so awesome. much yeah, for taking you. the app, taking the time to talk to us. Of course. Um, thank you all so much for giving me the time. Yeah, absolutely. And we look forward to seeing videos and hearing how this year's fest went. And we really look forward to meeting you next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for the videos as well. Voltage actually just put out a video. So one thing we came up with early on, that's actually Jeff from Old Scratch's idea. Uh, bands don't promote really well. Uh, locally a lot of times. You kind of have to twist their arms sometimes. Some of them do it great, but some of them do not. So what we figured out is if we make wrestling promos and talk trash, talk about how much the other bands suck (laughs) and how much I'm going to beat them up at the fest (laughs) and just ridiculous wrestling promos, you know, like I have my character, Kamehameha, you know, and he talks trash and comes out of the dumpster and yells (laughs) at bands. Um, And then the other bands make videos back, and so people love it. It's really fun. It's silly. It's stupid, which I love being. Uh, And everybody has a blast with it, and everybody shares it. And it gets a lot of eyes on things. Like, a lot of people recognize me as T-Iron at Master Shark Fest this weekend. That was pretty cool. That's fantastic. But also kind of like, hey, let me enjoy the fest. I'm not working right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, um, But, like, the fact that, like, it's working and people I don't know recognize me is, like, incredible. It's really... It, it, what a blessing, you know, that like our stupid idiot ideas are like actually spreading. So uh, on the day of the weekend, uh, we'll usually get in the parking lot between bands and just beat each other up and film it and then post it on the event page. <laughs> so like, if y'all, you can honestly sit back and like every hour check the event page. There'll probably be more videos of us being fools in the parking lot. Oh, we can't uh, wait. Throwing people in dumpsters, stuff like that. That's what we did last year. If you go find the Rapid Fire 2018 page, you're going to find a lot of gold in there. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we'll check it out. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, if anybody's listening to this and you cannot attend Rapid Fire, you can still be part of the fun. Make sure you're uh, following your Rapid Fire Fest page as well as your Rapid Fire event page. And on the dates, especially on Saturday, the big all-day two-stage fest, or part of the fest, there will be very much stupidity in there. I'll be full-on the iron at that point. (laughs) This voice will be gone. It will be replaced by... A fine uh, southern gentleman's voice, and we're just going to get real done with it. That's great. I love it. That, that's brilliant. It really it is. It is. It's 
brilliant it's fun marketing. for everybody, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. And we'll definitely share links to everything yeah, for sure. uh, when we drop the episode. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, make sure y'all tell Stormy a hello for me. Uh, give her a big old hug. Will do. And uh, I'll give her a big old hug for y'all when I pick her up from the airport. <laughs> yes, please. Please do. All well, right. Y'all have a wonderful thank evening. Thank you. Okay? You too, Tony. You too. Thank you. Take care. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. Yeah, I want to throw people in dumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get any ideas. <laughs> I'm looking looking forward to going next year. It's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. And we're inevitably going to get to see Dur. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be our, a good time. good buddy Dur. Yeah. All right. So let's play three more Rapid Fire Fest All bands. Right. Now, one thing I thought was funny... Tony's business model is the same as ours. That he loses money everything he does. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same business model. We love what we're doing, but we should go into business together. We end up losing money because we're <laughs> passionate about it and we put money in and yeah. Yep. But we have fun. We do, and we make a lot of connections. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. All right. So. Three more bands. First one is Crusade with No Justice, No Peace. And then after, <laughs> <laughs> we just had a conversation about, the, about this band name. So yeah. after that is Morganton or Morganton. I think you're right. I don't, I don't know. Morganton? Sure. Uh, Morganton? I don't know. One of those two. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. We're, yeah, <laughs> phonetically challenged. Um, Scare Tactics is the song. Yes, and then paralysis with life sentence. That's what I got. <laughs> Stop it! 
Fucking streets and addictive temptation The only path ahead 